Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vulgar Burrito Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Mike. Uh, we are joined by, man, I don't, I don't even know how to describe you, Patrick. It's uh, <laughs> Patrick Hickey Jr., the legend, or eventually a legend. Um, man, voice actor, author, um, comic book owner, founder now of uh, Legacy Comics. Uh, we sure. College Appreciate professor. You. College professor. I mean, what don't you do? But <laughs> um, it's a pleasure to have you, man. Thanks for coming on it's, the show. It's a, it's a pleasure to always uh, be in you, your acquaintance. Both of you guys are pretty goddamn <laughs> awesome. So uh, always uh, a pleasure to be here. Yeah. yeah, man. Um, so the the hot news we're going to start with is uh, WrestleQuest. And this this game's like mind-blowing off the bat just because it's a... It's the weirdest mix of two games, but comes together perfectly, man. Um, I want to pull this up and uh, a little video of it, and I want if you could just tell us a little bit about the game and uh, your contributions to it. Yeah, sure. Oh, it's like every time I watch this video, I kind of just mark out a little bit because to me, it's like <laughs> I grew up playing turn-based RPGs like Chrono Trigger. Earthbound, Super Mario RPG, and love those games. And I also grew up playing Fire Pro Wrestling and the acclaimed WWF games and Pro Wrestling on NES, and then obviously the Aki wrestling games on Nintendo 64. And this is a fusion of your traditional Japanese role-playing games and just everything that is great about professional wrestling. So from the licensed characters that are in here to the unlicensed characters to the odes to eighties and nineties pop culture to the story, which is beautifully written. And this isn't coming from just a voice actor. This is coming from, you know, an author that I, I love the story of this game. Zach Manko at mega cat, just knock this out of the park. Like this embodies, like if you love pro wrestling, you will love the story of this game. And then this is the thing. If you don't love pro wrestling, you will become a fan of pro wrestling because of the story of this game. So um, it's just something when, when you think about it, um, why wasn't this done so much sooner? You know, yeah. it's just like every person we met at PAX is like, we can't believe no one ever did this before. And I was like, no one ever did do this before, but it's here now. So let's yeah. enjoy it now. You know, so it's just it's been... a weird concept to think about, but mm -hmm. it works yeah. so perfectly when you think about it. And it's like, you're right. Like, why has this not occurred to anybody for as long mm -hmm. as video games have been around? But it's it's such an amazing thing to finally happen, man. And you're and you're a part of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, it's been insane. And how it's many voices do you do in the game? <laughs> It changes every and day. I, I could have sworn now. Correct right me now, wrong, I could have sworn you said ninety. Yeah, it's more like a hundred now. Oh um, my oh, gosh, wow, nice. dude, that is because awesome. I'm just I, I'm, there's there's something emotionally wrong with me where I'll just be like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. And um, it's like that between um, WrestleQuest and like last night, I did like an hour and a half of commentary for World Championship Boxing Manager Two because we wanted to like really spice up the commentary part of that game. So it was just like, there's like 35 voices in that game that I do. And there's like over a hundred in Russell quest and it's like micro voice acting and macro voice acting. So it's like reading lines, but then it's also like mirroring inflection of certain characters. So it's just like, if you add all of that together, yeah, you're talking like over a hundred characters in uh Russell quest. It's wow. insane. Man. I mean, how does that feel to be such a huge part of this? I mean, it's it's like a 
what do you want to call it? Like a revolutionary game. Yeah. Just honored. Um, I know the guys at Mega Cat for probably around eight years. Um, I met them when they were this small little outfit out of Pittsburgh making original Sega Genesis and Nintendo games. And um, I've always, before even I started writing the minds behind the games, I was super passionate about preserving the history of the industry. And um, I just love that they were making original games for the Genesis and NES. So I supported them. I interviewed them whenever they had a new game out. And um, I always kept in touch with James Deegan, the, you know, founder, co-founder, you know, owner of Megacat. He's an amazing guy. He's like one of the few people that when he walks into a room, um, I make sure that he gets acknowledged from me. Yeah. Like he's like Roman Reigns to me. Like he walks into a room and I'm just like, you're here. Everyone else can wait for five seconds. Like you're a rock yeah. star. You work <laughs> your ass off. I have a ton of respect for you. And I don't do that for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, um, he's one of, he's one of the few where I look at his hustle and I'm just like, yep. And, um, after the first minds behind the games books came out, I started doing some voice acting and then he's like, Oh, congratulations on the voice acting. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. Blah, blah, blah. And then I did some trailers for a couple of other games. And then I did a couple of other narration spots for a couple of other games. And then he's just like, Oh, you want to try and do this and do that? And we did some work together. And then, um, he approached me about WrestleQuest, probably about, I want to say 16, 17 months ago. So that's the thing too. It's just like, there's so many people that are like, oh yeah, like WrestleQuest, like, you know, cause I've only been talking about it for like three months, but like <laughs> I've been, you know, I've been working on this with them for over a year. Um, and the game's been in development for, you know, over three. So it's yeah, like, yeah. Um, there's so much tender love and care under the hood. And like this summer, like we're really hoping to like make a splash and, and get to as many people as possible. So just... Yeah. I have so much respect for the team, whether it be like, you know, um, you know, um, Andy Marsh, who does a lot of the animations on the game. He's freaking amazing. The lighting in the game is top notch. The story again by Zach Manko. Yeah. yeah, Is awesome. And, um, it's so weird because like being the voice of like a game, like the Padre is so much fun because you're the main character of the game, but (laughs) being the, which the last expo you were at, um, PAX East. Yeah. PAX East. Yeah. And when I saw that video, before I even read the names, it's just looking at the screen. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Jake the Snake. Yeah. And Jeff yeah. Jarrett. And I'm like, wait a minute. Patrick's on that screen. Uh-huh. What, what's going on? Yeah. You know, so I, I know Dave sent me that. And I was like, wow, that's cool because I'm a huge Jake the Snake, Mark. Um, Same here. I still don't understand <laughs> why WWE never put a strap on him. But uh, yep. that still irritates me to this day. But, yeah, I, I mean, I don't like I don't. I can't tell you how many people I DDT'd growing up. <laughs> Same here. Oh my god, it's so funny, Mike. I'm going to tell you a story. You're going to die. Um, before the panel started, um, we were all getting comfortable with one 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 another, and we're you know talking. And I said, I'm like Mr. Roberts. Um, I'm like I have to thank you, and he's like for what? And I was like, I've been a college professor for 16 years because of you, and he's like excuse me. And I'm like, um, I was at my job interview to become a college professor and I'm six foot four, 260 pounds. I'm a big boy. And, um, the person interviewing me said, you know, you're kind of large. Um, if a student got in your face, what would you do? And I was 20 and I was 22 and I was just incredibly pissed off that somebody would ask me that question, you know? Mm, Yeah. And for just for some reason, I quoted Jake the Snake Roberts. 
<laughs> and this is all like in this is all in microseconds, like this whole process super fast. And I said, a wise man once told me a long time ago that if I ever have to raise my voice, uh, if I ever have something important to say, I never have to raise my voice. <laughs> and I just stared at her right in the face. And she was like, oh, my God. She was like, I wowed her. And in my head, I'm just like, I just quoted Jake the Snake Roberts, <laughs> you idiot. And I got the job. That's awesome. And that was 16 years ago. So then Jake Jake was like, oh, so you owe me everything. And I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, I do. That is so, so cool, man. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he was amazing. He's so cool. Yeah. Is there any other – I I know there's a lot of things um, – you guys have to keep under wraps because well, I, mean, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it builds hype too, which is, yeah. um, but when I was looking into the game, there's names we know that, um, uh, you know, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Andre, the giant macho man, Randy, who's Sad. amazing. Jeff Jarrett is yeah. Jeff Jarrett is, he wants to know so much more about video games. Um, and this is a guy that's like run successful businesses for long periods of time. This is an incredibly intelligent man and he's in his early fifties and he is intrigued by what video games do to our culture and he wants to be involved in them. And it's like, there's so much passion there yeah. that I'm just like, wow. like when we were in PAX, we spent like three days like BSing at the booth and at dinner and stuff. And he's just asking me questions and things like that. And he was asking me questions about the TNA game, like what I thought about it and stuff like that. And um, I'm like, listen, sold over a million copies. It's a commercial success. And then he's like, yeah, but what did you think? Like, he's such like old school. Like, he's like, yeah, you're trying to kiss my ass, but like, tell me, tell me what you really think. And I, I told him, you know, what Michael Brook, one of the co-founders of electronic arts told me. And it's like, it's incredibly hard to, make a first game in a series fantastic yeah. you need at least three games in a series to get to everything that you wanted to do so i was like so the fact that you sold over a million copies um says something and i was just like it's kind of a travesty that impact didn't get a second game considering the fact that they sold so much and i'm like yeah. you guys had people like mark termel and sal devita like people behind nba jam working on that game you guys had the the team to make something mm -hmm. really special and i'm like it's just mm -hmm. kind of sad that it didn't happen and he was like really and he's like nba jam was like a big thing i'm like nba jam made a billion dollars the first yeah. year that it was out in quarters at the arcade Huge. he was like really yeah. i'm like yeah so mm -hmm. Like I kind of to like connect with him and inform him that like his video game um, legacy was a lot more impressive than he thought it was, um, was a lot of fun. So like so many of these wrestlers that are affiliated with WrestleQuest legitimately are happy to be a part of it. And they, they love the fact that people still want to connect with them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, so yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's been yeah, so it's... much fun to see, you know, the responses of all of these guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Booker T, Diamond Dallas Page, I saw was in there. But oh, is there mm -hmm. any names that aren't? You, you, I don't know if you can say anything, but because uh, I think there's what thirty total. I think it's at there's thirty, 30 total. Okay, yeah, thirty or total. More. And or uh, more. yeah, so yeah, I know so the it's, hype. It's going to be it's going to be so much. Uh, we'll we'll just put it this way. So it's just like if you're like me, and you're in your late thirties. Oh, I just said that. If you're in your late 30s, early 40s, and you grew up during the Monday Night Wars, <laughs> yep, and you yes. grew up during the Territory Days, yep, mm -hmm. um, there are going to be people in this game that you're just like, man, that's what I'm hoping this for. Is this is good. Mind blown. This type is the way that it's supposed. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 
Absolutely. Yeah. See, I'm not, I've never really been a turn-based RPG person, mm-hmm. but I am very excited for this game just to so experience. So I'm happy that you said that, Mike. I'm so happy that I interrupted you and I apologize. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> but, but I'm going to tell you that turn, a turn-based RPG is just basically like you attack, then they attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it it could not be fun to some people after a period of time. But see, the thing what WrestleQuest does is WrestleQuest allows you to counter based on timely button presses, simulating more of like a wrestling match. And also in a turn-based battling game, in a turn-based RPG, when your opponent reaches zero hit points, the bout is over. Um, for most of the, the encounters in WrestleQuest, you must pin your opponent. Oh, if you yes. do not pin yeah. them, then they come back, they get more energy, da, 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 and all of your moves are, in fact, wrestling moves. So it's just like, yeah. if you don't like turn-based RPGs, it's going to feel like a wrestling game. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, I'm that's telling you, that's it's about, like, yeah. there the are so many people too, that would... Right? The crowd is involved yeah. too. Oh, it's like there's a hype meter. And yeah, like, there's man. just so much amazing stuff about uh, this game. It's just, and I, I'm glad at the beginning you said it reminds, or, you know, games like Chrono Trigger, because it does have that Chrono Trigger kind of look to it based on graphics, yeah. which I, I love. Say, I love that they yeah. kind of went yes. retro with it. Yeah. Totally, totally like Chrono Trigger, um, Earthbound, uh, yes. Dragon Warrior. But well, the combat system reminds me a ton of Paper Mario. So if you like Paper Mario, um, you're definitely going to find, and it's just, it's like super intuitive that like, if you hit a guy and he bounces off the ropes and you can hit him again, like, it's just like, it uses the wrestling ring in a way that like no RPG could ever use it. Yeah, so it's yeah. just like, it's That's so, cool. so, it's so fun. And so it's so smart, you know, it's just like, it, it behaves the way that you would expect an RPG to behave in the wrestling ring. It's so much yeah. fun. Would I be, um, Weird to say that it kind of had a little Pokemon feel to it also. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, uh, just Absolutely. from watching it. And that, like I said, I've been watching a lot of it just because I'm I'm very hyped about it. Plus, you want to see, you know, your involvement with it. And I could see you at these shows and everything. Um, yeah. I was watching. I was like, this kind of has a little bit of a Pokemon feel to it, which is yeah, very cool. It does. So it's like a yeah. mixture of all oh, yeah. types of games. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Do they have a, an official release day? Um, so at PAX, we were saying end of summer, okay. um, but we'll see. I mean, anything can happen. They've been working on the game for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, we're, we're working super hard. So we, we can't wait for it to be released to the masses. Yeah. But as far as the last time I checked, that's what I was told. So yeah. That's so cool, man. Yeah. Um, you can yeah. take that with a grain of salt, but I'm pretty sure that's like where they're at right now. So yeah. And, okay. But and so I believe... the thing that I want to stress is I mean we're talking over forty hours of gameplay. That's a lot. Like, yeah. yeah, it's it's not it's and it it looks cute. It looks retro, but it is a full out balls to the wall, like old school meets new school RPG. It's a game that never forgets that it's an RPG, but it's also a game that never forgets its wrestling roots and that like yeah. wrestling fans yeah. will enjoy it. So it just oh, what's cool about it's going to be worth the wait. Is like, um, you say forty hours. 40 hours to complete a game for, you know, people in their 40s or <laughs> late 30s. Um, yeah. That's like... A month. Two, two months. <laughs> a month, yeah. two months. Yeah. Because yeah. you only yeah. have a little, oh, yeah. very uh-huh. limited time to play. So it uh, stretches yep. it out a little bit. I'm sure like every game, they probably have um, maybe new characters every now and then, you know, a little mm-hmm. microtransaction sure. thing. So that 
that's something sure. that uh, could happen. But Mike, you had something? Yeah, I, yeah. This game obviously uh, must have gotten uh, WWE's attention because I read just recently that they're now working on a WWE RPG. That, so <laughs> that was my note. Yeah, was it? I okay. saw that. Yeah, yeah, I saw Stephanie McMahon. They interviewed her, and that's what it said. It said. Uh, we recently, May 8th is when she said it. Mm. She said they signed an agreement to do an RPG. And I'm like, is this because of WrestleQuest? Or, probably. You know. Well, I, w- I will say, um, historically speaking, the WWE has made a habit of jumping on to um, successful niches involving yeah. professional wrestling. So just like WWE Supercard um, exists mm-hmm. yeah. because of the success of Wrestling Manager on the iOS. Um, WWE uh crush hour exists because of the success of twisted metal yeah you know so it's just like um there's puzzle games based on the wwe like so it's like if the wwe sees an opportunity to um inject their license into something to make some money um that's what they do i mean they're a billion dollar company exactly they do so um i really think the team at WrestleQuest is on to something and the wwe would be crazy not to take a look at like what's going on for themselves yeah. yeah. And so I'm at the point where I'm just basically like, so I get to be involved in this amazing RPG made by an amazing team. And then I get to see what the WWE wants to do. I'm down. Like, let's yeah. see. Competition brings out the best in everybody. Exactly. You know, yep. there's always room for cross pollination. Um, there's always room for people to help each other. There's always room for people to get better based on what somebody else is doing. So it's just like the fact that the WWE is even interested in doing an RPG. I think that's great for the video game industry. So. For sure. For sure. Hey, we're going to do something fun real quick. Uh, yeah, we both always, wrote I'm down um, what our favorite wrestling games of all time. Just one, your favorite wrestling game. And we're going to hold ours up, but what is your favorite wrestling game, hands down? So I have an, I have an English modded version of Virtual Pro Wrestling 2 on the Nintendo 64, mm-hmm. which is it's basically WWF No Mercy mm-hmm. um, with New Japan, All Japan roster um nice. yeah and i love that game so much that i took it to pax east with me and i had the wrestle quest team sign the back of it because it's, like, oh, it's my favorite game awesome and then that. uh every time i pick it up i see these guys so but um if you love no mercy you'll love that game just because it has all the japanese it has vader in it stan hansen yep. john laurinitis oh, like it's crazy the, yeah. like for me i love no mercy but I had one of the first 50,000 cartridges. So I'm not sure if you guys know about this, but the first 50,000 cartridges of No Mercy had no battery. So they would not save. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, uh, I did not know that mm-hmm. either. It was a huge thing. And a lot of people um, ended up bringing back their cartridges and not buying another copy of No Mercy. So the thing is, No Mercy is the best game in the series, hands down. But it didn't sell as well as Revenge because of that little snafu. Mm, so I love No Mercy. But yeah. virtual pro wrestling too That's is crazy. So good. Uh, Mike, I don't know yours. Mike doesn't know mine. But at the same time, let's see. Yours is an upside down. But mine is. <laughs> oh, revenge. look at that! And look then, at that! Yeah. See, I love both revenge yeah, and yeah. sixty four. To me, that was dude. When I had a video game store, uh, we had tournaments for that cash prize. Yeah. Uh, my store yeah. would be filled with kids, man, and we'd uh, have a tournament tournament bracket and just go home we'd have buddies over and play that game i mean it was just dude revenge is so good that's funny that you say that though about um you know the other one uh was a no mercy yeah not selling because to me like that's what i remember is revenge like that yeah yeah Yeah, revenge is the best-selling uh nintendo 64 wrestling game of all time yeah 
Uh, and I got to interview yep. the producer of that game for uh, the minds behind uh, sports, yep, games. sports games. And that yeah, was like a thrill right, yeah. for yeah. me. Um, Sanders uh, Keel is amazing, dude. So that was uh, that's such a good game. If that game had a creator wrestler, oh, yeah, hands yeah. down, it would be yep. like, you know. Mm, oh, for sure. That was yeah. the only thing it was missing. Man. Um, so we, uh, we're definitely – oh, there's just so much to talk about. But um, yeah. we're going to hop on to BPM Boy. Another yeah. one you voiceover, uh, did the voiceover for. Yep. Awesome. So I love this game. And I, I love this game for a variety of reasons. I love Super Monkey Bowl. Um, I love Marble Madness. And Hell this yeah. just mm-hmm. seems to like embody what is so sexy about both of those games. Um, I have a lot of faith in um, the unsung hero that the Atari VCS is going to be, I feel. Um, and I really? feel like this is going to be a, a game on the Atari VCS that a lot of people are going to want to pick up the console for. That's awesome. Um, and Tony Barnes is by far one of the most underrated game developers of this era. 36 years of video game experience. Um, we're talking Desert Strike, Jungle Strike, Urban oh. Strike, Madden, Medal of Honor, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Strider. Yeah. The guy gets no love when he deserves like every single ounce of it. So like this is a game that is totally his baby. Um, so the fact that like, I mean, I love this man. I, I don't like anybody, and I love this man. I, I have so much respect for his hustle. Um, he's one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my entire life, and um, I believe in him. And when he asked me to do the voice of the main villain in this, I was like, oh, my God, absolutely. Um, Jeez. I've kind of had my hand in some other parts of the game because the artist on like the pause screen and the main menu and all of those things is an artist that has worked for legacy comics. And, um, Tony was looking for an artist and I was just like, this is your guy. He'll do a great job for you. So it's just like, I've got like a little bit of my DNA in the game. So I'm super happy to be a part of this one. It's going to be so much fun. Old school, like the way, you know, it's going to be so much fun. um, So cool. Um, I like, like I, I get really into these things. So I, when I am reviewing something, I kind of, pick it apart as far as like what does it look like to me and i'm glad you said super monkey ball because you know i know we talked about marble madness and i'm like yeah it does look like marble madness and then my head went to super monkey ball but then my head also went to beat saber for the oculus yeah so um and that it seems like kind of has that vibe to it the colors the yeah basically the beats per minute Mm -hmm. um tony is an amazing musician too yeah um so all that music is you know that's all his music you know so it's like oh it it just looks like one of those fun games you can pick up play for a little bit and then set it down if you need to you know it's nothing you know it's just one of those addictive games you know like super monkey ball is it's super addictive to play with friends and yeah absolutely um, yeah so this is going to be awesome do you have a release date on this um there it's super close it's beyond close. Um, okay. I did some voiceover for it last week, like kind of polishing up some of the in-game stuff um, and like helping Tony like flesh out the, you know, the the narrative and the story and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's super close to being released. So Man, that's going to be awesome, yeah. dude. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be one of those games. I'm telling you that like people are going to be like, wait. So I got to play this on the VCS and people are going to be like, I got to get a VCS to play this, you know? So um, I'm pretty sure Tony has plans to eventually uh, bring it to other consoles, but he really believes in like, you know, Atari and the the new leadership in Atari 
is really something special. It's something that's like not getting nearly as much mainstream press, but like the new group of people at Atari are totally, totally passionate. And um, the VCS is really an interesting console that does a lot of interesting things. If you guys are listening and you have no idea what I'm talking about, you should totally look it up and look at the specs of this console and like what it can do. Um, it's pretty cool, especially like if you're older and you don't want to spend 700 bucks on a PS5 and you want to have mm. something cool in your uh, living room that can do a whole bunch of different things. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah, definitely going to be it's it's just definitely is one of those consoles. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. It, what's cool about Atari and I, I, I'm like when you say that this game may, you know, be the game that sells the system. What's really cool about being compared to that is like a Pac-Man, which is what sold the original Atari systems. Um, you know, everybody, they thought it was going to be the first time that they played an arcade game at home. And, you know, of course, the, the Pac-Man for the Atari version didn't look anything like the Completely different. Game. Completely yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, of course, this is a little off, off topic, but um, do you see how good your retro knowledge is? Do you remember the game that Atari tried to sue another company because they basically copied Pac-Man? and put it out on their system and they ended up uh atari did not win the lawsuit oh wow yeah hmm. casey munchkin do you remember a game called casey oh munchkin? my god wow <laughs> yeah. no? honestly you're good if robert yeah. de niro was here yo, yo. <laughs> yeah. very nice casey now munchkin, i gotta go down yeah. the rabbit hole later yeah i know wow. man well, it's like but, the same thing too like with miss pac-man miss pac-man yeah. was basically just like a modded version of yep. pac-man and and that yep. led to food fight and all these yep. other great atari games that people yeah. forget about so yeah atari tried yeah, to man. sue them just for uh you know basically having everything that looked identical to pac-man but when they really broke it down it was completely different you know the, mm -hmm. the walls on the levels changed all the time it was you know obviously everything looked different that wasn't the same character but the play was similar but yeah sure. I thought that was uh pretty cool when you said you know that game selling the system i'm like that would be awesome if mm -hmm. you're a part of the the game that sells the newest system yeah i uh, would love to be <laughs> Dude, I will tell Fingers. everybody. I'm like, I know, I know this guy. Like he, yeah, you know, no big deal. Yeah, but uh, no. After every, you know, everything you've been doing, man. Do you have anything else that's coming up, voiceover wise, or is this? Yeah, um, like I, I think I mentioned it before. Uh, I'm super proud of my work on uh, World Championship Boxing Manager Two. Yeah. Um, that's going to be out on on Switch and a couple of other consoles as well. Um, it's the sequel to a thirty year old um, boxing like managerial sim. Um, just as so, it, it's like Commodore sixty four um, era boxing like manager. That's like old text that was like incredibly well written. That so many people liked. It was funny. It was it was deep, and um, I'll never forget. I was hanging out. Um, with the mega cat people and they were like you want to do a boxing game and i'm very picky on like the games i do voiceover on you know and yeah. uh and they're like world championship boxing manager two and i'm like <laughs> two what what and they're like yeah we're doing a sequel and we're doing it with ziggurat games and blah blah blah, blah. and i'm like oh because ziggurat i'm not sure if you guys know about them but they just did um the uh, re-release of a boy and his blob on the Nintendo oh, Switch, okay. yeah, yeah, and uh, they acquired the rights yeah. to Enclave and Blood Rain and all these like fun games from back in the day. And I'm just like, yeah, 
And um, I had an opportunity at PAX to meet the Ziggurat people, and I love them, and they're great. So just, like, I'm the voice of, like, the, all three commentators in World Championship Boxing Manager and pretty <laughs> much all of the male characters in the story mode. So um, that was super, super challenging to be, like, five or six voices in, like, the same story mode and try and make them sound different. And, you know, it was it was so much fun it was it was probably it was probably more challenging than like wrestle quest because wrestle quest it's like i'm playing characters that i know i know who they are mm-hmm. you know so it's so funny in this uh in this trailer i'm like do you have the guts and the glory you know it's like <laughs> so it's just like i do i do that announcer like your standard announcer and then i do like kind of like uh an old school like bostonian and now it's like and an uppercut one two he's down <laughs> right in the kisser, you know like and then i do like an english one so it's just like there's like a more like relaxed english one um so just so this game is so much fun so this is to just explain a little bit um you you do not control the boxer during the match. Like so, what you do is you control like um, who they train with. You can train. You control like the psychiatrist they go to. You control like the equipment that they use. And like it's like The Sims meets like boxing. So you get to watch the matches like in real time. And that's based like, on kind how of... you develop the character. Exactly. That's yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's like imagine you're watching like Raw or like the basketball game or whatever, and then you got your switch on your lap, and you're playing this. Like that's that's why I like it so much because it's it's almost like an idle game where you're just you're watching it and you're you're playing and you're like watching the match, but then like you're still watching Stranger Things and like you're, it's like it's one of those things where you can totally relax and play it. And the story mode has um six branching stories um and but they also have like the licenses of sugar ray robinson uh rocky marciano so it's just like there's a lot of tender wow. love and care under the hood so yeah man mega cat awesome. studios is so bringing it with yeah, these two yeah, games like i'm sure. so proud yeah, to be definitely. a part of like yeah oh yeah, yeah. I, um... so those those three games right now those are like the three big voiceover things i'm doing i'm always doing small trailers for like indie studios and stuff they'll reach out to me and be like oh can you do a trailer for like you know you know a little a little like you know little sampling of cash and stuff like that oh like this is the most that we could pay you and i'm like yeah that's no problem i just want to help blah blah blah, blah. you yeah. know so i always help out indie studios and stuff but like to get these big roles for games like that i either have a tremendous respect for or i have a tremendous respect for the developer or like or the company those are like the things that really like get me excited so these yeah. three games like i'm so excited for it and i didn't mean to like go off screen for a little bit there i just like i realized i'm like that's the damn trailer i forgot to pull up was the, yeah the boxing that's okay um so yeah. how how did you get your start in voice acting a total accident so it's just like um every time um i meet somebody for the first time they're always like oh well how can i become a voice actor and i always say well the complete opposite of the way that i became a voice actor <laughs> and um they kind of like make this perplexed look at me and it's like you know people want me to like get them in and stuff and i'm like the way i broke in is so it's so weird it's so different so what happened was after the first minds behind the games book came out i kind of just went back to work for review fix and teaching college and stuff like that and um within like three or four weeks of me finishing the book I started interviewing indie developers again for review fix. And then I started getting answers from people that weren't in the first books. And I started pondering a sequel and all these wheels are rolling at the same time. Um, 
but I used to go on Twitter and I still do. And I, I look for indie games that like no one's covering. And I love to be the first person that interviews like a developer about their game. Cause I feel like you're going to get the best answers because no one else has spoken. Oh, yeah. To yeah. yeah. So I, I come across this game called the Padre and, um, totally reminds me of like the original resident evil if it like made love with minecraft it's got this like really survival <laughs> horror kind of feel to it some alone in the dark feel to it and stuff like that so i reach out to the team and i do an interview with them and it goes well they're from bulgaria their english is not very good so i had to work super hard editing the interview but it does well gets good traffic gets a bunch of retweets they're happy with it and they message me and they're like um do you want to play an alpha of the game. And I'm like, sure. So I start playing. And within like the first five minutes, I'm finding typos in the text. So I'm an English professor, journalism professor and stuff. And I'm like, guys, listen, um, these need to be fixed. People are not going to take you seriously. If there's this, that many typos, like you, you know, and they're like, well, do you want to fix them? And I went, sure. Like, let's, let's talk. So we discussed a price. It was like a couple of hundred bucks. And it was like 4,000 lines of dialogue. And they're like, oh, well, we can give you a week. I did it in like three hours. I just read through the whole thing. I polished them down, cleaned them up and stuff. And I sent it back to them. And they're like, oh, that's great. They paid me. And they're like, do us a favor. And I'm like, sure. And they're like, refresh your file on Steam of the game. And I'm like, sure. So I do it. And I start playing again. All of my corrections are in there. I'm like, yeah wow, these guys are serious. So that they're like, we're going to list you as a dialogue editor in the game. I'm like, wow, I just got my first game credit. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So then like, I thought I was done. Then like a week later, they're like, yeah, we have like 4,000 more lines for you. <laughs> and this went on for like a month. And I was super happy. I love those guys. They're super nice. Um, I still talk to them to this day. And, uh, then they decided that they were going to go to Kickstarter and they're like, we want you to edit the entire Kickstarter. And I'm like, Oh man, wow. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah. You know? And especially cause English isn't their first language. I knew that I had to go in and just like really, like mm -hmm. really go in there. And I did. And then I remember maybe like two weeks before the Kickstarter was set to launch, I get, you know, like a message, a Facebook audio message from one of the developers. And he's just like, in his Bulgarian accent, you know, oh, we're fucked. We're fucked. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, what's the matter? And he's like, oh, the voice actor left that played the main character. And I was like, well, to me, I don't think that that's that big of a problem. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because he sounded like Russell Brand. And I'm <laughs> oh, like, oh, it's geez. supposed to be a survival horror game. It's yeah. supposed to be about a Catholic priest stuck in a mansion fighting zombies, trying to get to like the bottom of like one of his like, you know, friends being kidnapped. And I'm like, when you've got like Russell Brand, like, you know, like rolling all around it, you, know, the mansion, you know, like, wow, it's, it's not scary. I remember like listening to the trailer and I don't even know the voice actor's name. So if, if you're watching, bro, I'm sorry. Not sorry, but like, it, <laughs> there's something like, else out man, there for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's something else out there. And I was told that like, he was going through some stuff and he had to yeah. stop. And like, I mean, I've been through, I've had two kids while I've been doing this. Like I've, I've been through a lot. I've lost 150 pounds while I've been doing this. Like, yeah. it's like there's wild horses could not drag me away from doing these things. Like I find the time to do these things because I care about them so much. But anyway, um, I was like, yeah, that's not the voice for the main character of this game. 
And I'm like, I'm telling you guys this because I've edited every line of dialogue in this game. You need somebody different. It's, this is a good thing. Don't get upset. And they're like, okay, but we got to find somebody. And like now, and I'm like, let me audition. And they're like, you? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you do voices? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So the thing is, like, I've always done the Don LaFontaine, you know. In a world, one man, one tortilla, one burrito. <laughs> you know, oh, my God. And um, <laughs> I was like, can't do that, though, because that would be ridiculous. Imagine if that's the way the, the, the main character spoke. People would just be laughing their asses off the entire time. So I'm like, well, what if we combine that, like, Russell Brand um, voice with the movie, the Don LaFontaine voice? And I was kind of going for, like, the older man in, um, oh, what's that movie with Russell Crowe? Gladiator. The older man, the, like, the former gladiator. That kind of, like, really, like, strong. So, bro, I came across this dog voice. My name is Alexander, and I'm the Padre. And I remember yeah. just finding it. <laughs> yeah. Finding it in my, in my register. Like, my throat was mega crispy. But I, when I found it, I knew I had it. And I sent it to them. And they're like can you record like all the lines today? And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yes. Yes, I can. Yeah. You and I did work. Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. And my wife was like, you were just in the man cave for like two hours. You're going to go back in there. And I'm like, I'm probably going to be in there for another three. And she's like, okay, you know, go ahead and do it. And, um, I sent them everything. And I remember like, maybe like eight hours later, they're like, do us a favor. And I'm like, sure. And they're like, refresh your steam again. And, I watched the first cut scene of the game and my voice was in the game. And I was just like, man, they were on top of wow. it, dude. Like they were, they were, you were, they were you know, and, it, and, um, that, that first game was so much fun to work on. And then, um, the Kickstarter didn't get funded, but we had, we had earned so much social currency. We had done so many podcasts and I was basically doing every podcast as the Padre. Like it was really fun the way that That's I decided awesome. to just go about it. And, um, we ended up getting signed by fear Demic. And they published the first game, and then they published the sequel, that's only on Steam. It's it's it should totally be on Switch and PS4, but for some reason they didn't release it on there. And I feel like my voice acting on the second game is even better than the first. But, um, those were a lot of fun, and that's how I broke into voice acting. So like the bottom line is like wow. if I wasn't a writer, if I wasn't a fan of the spoken word and and English and subjects verbs and objects and stuff i would have never gotten into voice acting so it's just like i try and explain to people it's like being able to do voices is one thing but like it i'm i'm naturally shy i'm naturally a person that doesn't like to be put on the spot mm -hmm. so it's like my friends know that i could do voices and stuff like that so it's just like yeah i don't think i would have ever like opened my mouth unless these i was trying to help these guys yeah. yeah and then after that it was just like such an adrenaline rush that i was just like you know what and i started reaching out to other developers and i went on discords and and talked to this person and that person and i started getting more jobs and um that was five years ago and that was probably like 10 11 games ago so it's been a lot of fun yeah so, but that's I mean, how i got my story awesome. i say like um i've been doing a little bit of acting now and you know one of my one of the things that stuck in my head which is kind of relatable to yours is, you know, if people want to say, like you say, you don't really have the advice um, for your situation of when you broke in. Um, yeah. You know, so some might call it luck, but luck is definitely, um, you know, being prepared. And when, you know, sure. uh, preparedness is when like, 
you know, opportunity happens and you're ready to go, you know, luck is Absolutely. opportunity and preparedness. So yeah. you were, you know, you just happened to be right place, right time, and you were prepared. So, yeah. absolutely, you know, and willing to do it. That, that's another thing is, uh, you know, you have to be willing to, you know, we're not Brad Pitts or, uh, you know, George Clooney or whoever is, you know, we're not so big that the people are going to be like, we're going to pay you $1 million to do this. You know, it, sometimes oh, yeah. it is like these $100 or even free for that matter. And you have yeah. to be willing oh, to yeah. do that because those little opportunities get your foot in the door. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you do start to become that name, which I think you're at that <laughs> status now where, um, you know, you're getting put into these expos and you're on, you know, zoom calls and live, you know, talks with, yeah. G4? Jake, it, he was G4? on G4? Yeah. Oh. Jr., I'm the lead voice actor. Oh, yeah, can you dig it? You guys have created... G4. Yeah. Unbelievable. That was so much fun. So... And it's just, you know what it is, too? It's just like, it's just like, you you nailed it. It's just like making the most out of opportunities. And like, I, I've just, I've learned um, to pick my spots. And also, I, I just, I, I listen to people when people speak. And when people say, there's a couple of things that um, when I hear people say the L word, luck... I try and stay away from them. Yeah. Because I feel like luck doesn't exist. When I hear people say they hope, um, I try and stay away from them. Um, when people say things like honestly before they say something, it usually means that everything that they're going to say after that is completely full of shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and then also, yeah, absolutely. Did I say any of that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Honestly, no, you guys are great. Uh, yeah. I love that. Um, when people say something really nice and then they say, but after I usually know that like everything they said before the, but is bullshit. Um, but probably the biggest thing, uh, that I've learned is when people tell me that they don't have the time, I stay as far away from them as possible. Yeah. I feel like mm -hmm. that they're incredibly toxic. It's like last night, man, I'll give you a perfect example. I did a podcast last night for like an hour and a half. And uh, my daughter came out in the middle of the podcast and I had, I had her sit like next to me and she was just chilling out. I put her back to bed and then I was talking to uh, a developer and they needed some voiceover and it was like 1130 at night and I was exhausted, but I had a signing today, a comic book signing yeah, and mm -hmm. tomorrow is like, you know, barbecue day. Cause it's like, you know, Memorial day and Monday yeah. we're off and my kids are home. I'm not going to be able to do anything. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this voice acting right now. And I just set up my shop in my kitchen and I'm just like made sure that everything was quiet. And I did like an hour and a half of voice acting, um, set up my mic. And because the thing is, it's just like, I could have easily said, you know what? I'm tired. I don't have the time, yeah. but that would have been a lie. I did yep. have the time, you know? So that's the thing. If you want something bad enough, yep. you're going to find ways to do it. It's just like, like an addict. You know, they'll they'll sell like their most prized possessions to get mm -hmm. the things that they want. So the yeah. thing is, it's just like if an addict is willing to like give up everything that they own to get that fix, why won't you give up everything that you need to make your dreams come true? Absolutely. Yeah. You know? and, and it does take so, a lot of work. It, it's not, um, you know, we say luck and the opportunity just kind of appears, you know, but it, it, it that's very rare. But it sure. takes so much work. And mm -hmm. in anything, you know, whether it's voiceover, acting, podcasts, you know, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. we put a lot of, you know, heart and soul into everything. We talk about things throughout the week and, um, 
you know, we deal with things sometimes where we, you know, we have to, you know, take a little break, but then when we come back, we try to hit it twice as hard just to make up for what yeah. we lost. Mm-hmm. It's just the things you have Absolutely. to do. That's, that's always good advice yeah. for anybody that's looking to break yep. into anything. Um, mm-hmm. That it's, it's a lot of hard work, but um, speaking of hard work, because <laughs> I don't think people even understand the amount of work you do and everything that's in the background um, besides voiceovers and video games and going to these um, expos and um, dude, you have a, uh, and it, it's hard to pick which one comic books or, or books right now, but we'll, we'll go into books and yeah. um, you know, when we last spoke, you had four books under your belt and this is just one of them. This is my newest one that I got. Um, I love that book. <laughs> it's so awesome. And I, I love the first one. Uh, just the Thank original you. minds behind the game. It still mm-hmm. blows my mind to this day. Um, I have it on my Thank Kindle you. pulled up. I sometimes read it at work. Yeah. Um, You're awesome. But the shooter's awesome. Um, Mike has the sports. I still got to get the adventure. I actually just got I have two books. I'm going to North Carolina in two weeks. I have two books I'm bringing with me. One of them is a James Patterson book and that one. So oh. you're in good company when I, uh, you're awesome. Thank you. You get me all sentimental. Like, thank you. <laughs> um, since that time though, you have three more releases. Uh, yep. You know, they're all finished too. Like I'm just, I'm waiting. Yeah. It's the paper shortage and COVID. It's oh, like, yeah. so I'm, that's the minds behind Sega Genesis games yeah. done. It's got 43 games in it. It's a beast. Um, the Minds Behind Sony PlayStation games also has 43 games in it. It's a beast. And then the Minds Behind PlayStation 2 games has uh, 36 or 37, I believe. And that's an animal, too. So it's like they're all done. All my work is done on them. I just got to wait for them to be released. Um, I, I can't even. Oh. I, I just still it just blows my mind of, um, you know, if, if people listening or people watching, just get yourself one of these books. Start off with, mm. the, with the main one. Or if, it, if there's a system, you know, like. Uh, wrestling. We talked about wrestling earlier. If wrestling is like your jam, like wrestling's everything to you, pick up the the sports mind behind the sports games. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was retro, and all it took was me reading. Um, you know the fact that you <laughs> night trap. That's yeah. that did it for me. I was like, I'm in. I'm, I got to get this book. It's, even if I just read my that favorite, chapter. one of my favorite chapters. Yeah. yeah. Even I if I just chapter. read that chapter, I'm I'm satisfied. But yeah. then you go back to the beginning after I read that. And I'm like, story after story. Sometimes you know them, sometimes you don't. But you're picking out these little things that the not even – you could watch a million um, videos on YouTube of the background of this game. You find things that still aren't in that, like because they're coming direct from the creator's yeah. mouth. And when you said um, you you were releasing one for the Sony PlayStation – and I saw some of the games, and one of them is just absolutely mind blowing, and could be—I don't know—one like a—I don't want to say a first, but um, Final Fantasy VII. I mean, dude, <laughs> you interview someone that is part of Final Fantasy VII, and that <laughs> was that a challenge to do? I'm going to tell you guys a great story that I haven't told anybody else. Um, so I, uh, my friend, Tommy, I call him Tommy, the Greek behind his back. Um, <laughs> and, uh, everyone else calls him Tommy eyebrows. 
because he's got these big, bushy, luscious eyebrows. Um, he's like the mayor of Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. He knows everybody. Everybody knows him. Um, such a sweetheart. And he's brutally honest. And he's a couple of years younger than me. Um, and we go for walks like once a week and we drink coffee and bullshit and stuff like that. And um, he loves hearing all like the insider stories. So like when I came back from PAX, I told him a whole bunch of crazy stuff. He's like, what? Oh my God. Blah, blah, blah. So one time we're sitting down and I'm going through the list of games in the minds behind PlayStation games. And I'm like, um, just rattling off Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, um, Disruptor. Um, I'm trying to think cause there's so many, there's 43 games in the, in the, in the book. And, uh, he's just like making that face. And I'm like, what is that face for Tommy? I know you, what are you thinking? And he's just like, you couldn't get final fantasy seven. And I'm like, I got GTA in the minds behind adventure games. And I got GTA two in the PlayStation book. I'm like, come on. And he's just like, you couldn't get final fantasy seven. And we're talking, I was probably like a month before I had to submit the manuscript. And I'm just like, Japanese developers do not particularly like to talk about their work. They're very humble. They're very much like, yeah, this is something that I do. It's a job. I don't want to be like, you know, celebrated for it. This is just like what I do. When you get one that really like wants to talk, like, you know, Nisha Sawasan from like Wonder Boy, like you take advantage because they give you such great like morsels of information. But I'm like, I got to try and tackle this from a different point of view. So I ended up getting the head of localization um, of English localization from Square at the time. So this this would be the leader of the team that played through the game first, the first group of people that played through the game in America for the first time and had to go through every line of dialogue Translate to it. make sure that it was for an American audience mm-hmm. and to make sure that there was no gameplay <clears throat> bugs before it was released in the United States. Yeah. So... This guy, um, John Williams, amazing man, gave me amazing answers, but he told me one story, and this is the really sexy thing that I made you wait for, and I apologize. (laughs) Um, There's basically like a room where like all of the testers and all of the localizers are playing the game, and one day, one of the localizers is like, oh, shit. Oh, man. Oh, man. And another guy is like, what? What's the matter? He's like, stop playing. Just stop because they're all pretty much around the same place. They're all playing through the game at like the same pace, you know. Yeah. Because this is how you found bugs and this is how you went over dialogue back then. You all played the game at the same time. Yep. So then a, a guy on the other side of the room is like, oh shit. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. And then another guy, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> this could go a lot of ways. <laughs> So John Williams is like, what is going on? And they're like, Sephiroth killed Aeris. Oh my God. And like, so this is like the first time anyone in the United States had gotten to that point in the game. And yeah. you're talking like grown men, just like beside themselves sobbing. that yeah. like, yeah, sobbing, upset and I stuff. And it's just like, when he told me that story, I was just like, so then I went to Tommy like a week later and I'm just like, so... Final Fantasy VII is in the game, and wait until you hear the story. He's like, you gotta tell me now. And I'm like, well, the game is th- the book is thirty nine ninety nine on yeah. MarlinBooks <laughs> You know, and he's just like, oh, you're not gonna tell me. And then I told him, and he was just like, oh my god, that's so freaking cool, blah blah blah. So, yeah, I I was a huge Final Fantasy VII nut as a kid, so Same I'm here, being man. able to get that 
Yeah. I mean, ugh. I beat yeah. all the weapons, you know, after the game was over, you know. So it was just like I, I spent a ton of time in that game. So, like, getting that. And I pretty much, um, in six of my seven books, I have a rock star property in, like, pretty much all of my books, which are that company, DMG uh, slash Rockstar, whatever you want to call them, like, you yeah. know, from the beginning to now, has played an influential role in the video game industry. So getting them in and like, I always have, I always make sure to have an EA game in one of my books and stuff like that. So, but getting um, final fantasy seven in there was just yeah, like, I saw that and I was just know. like, we had talked about that before. Um, I don't know if it, it might've been on the last episode when we talked about how hard it was to get somebody from that crew um, or yeah. from that team to, to do any interviews. Super hard. Uh, so to yeah. see that you got it, I was just like, that is freaking amazing, man. And I'm so glad it happened for you. Uh, thank you seven was uh, just my shit on playstation man like yeah. to me knights of the round the longest freaking spell day. in history I, I think it still is isn't it isn't it the longest yeah. spell it's like yeah. a nine minute spell and but it's so worth it oh it you is know? you can watch it over and over um yeah. i remember i think it was um what did they call it for playstation it was a game shark right and yes. There, yes. there was a code you could put into like um you could start off with like obviously like unlimited gill um and but it also like you could speed it up so you didn't have to sit through because after a while you're like all right i've i've done this nine minutes like three times yep. now and you like, can also bring uh Aris back from the dead yeah there's so many different things you could do yeah, yeah man. but oh. uh yeah i can't wait for those man i'm, I'm definitely all three of those are definitely going to get bought and i gotta thank you I got to complete the collection, actually. So that's it's one of those things. If you get one, you have to get all of them. It's you know, yeah. Um, what um, that's the thing too. It's like after, like after the PS2 book, I kind of stopped myself, and I'm just like, got the minds behind the games, minds behind the adventure games, minds behind the sports games, minds behind the shooter games, minds behind the Genesis, minds behind the PS1, minds behind the PS2. I'm like, if I stop now. I'm good. I don't want to stop, but also I feel like I've I've basically written seven books in six years. So the thing is, it's just like every day I meet somebody that hasn't read my books yet. And I feel like sometimes when they see like six, they're like, oh, I feel like sometimes like I wouldn't say that it was a mistake because I worked my ass off on them and I'm super proud of them. But it's like I kind of saturated the market on my own stuff. And um, there's a ton of other game books out there that don't do what I do. And they're very coffee table friendly and they've got a lot of pictures and stuff. And it's like, I spend like hours with these developers and um, it's very different from a lot of the video game books that are out there now. So I feel like the way the voice acting is going right now, the way the comic book stuff is going now, I feel like it's probably in my best interest to um, slow down in terms of like, what the next book may be. I'm always thinking, and I definitely yeah. want to write another book, but I'm, I want to make sure that it, it, cause timing is everything, mm -hmm. you Absolutely. know, yeah. so, you know, so it's just like, maybe I would love to do an Xbox 360 book. Um, I think that console is so special. Um, I would love to do a Game Boy. That's book. what I was thinking. You know, really I would love to do Look at an Atari 2600 book. Like, I want a second yeah, Dreamcast. You know? <laughs> I would love to do a Dreamcast yeah. book, you know, so, but it's just like, I just, I want, um, it's weird. It's like, um, when I listen to you guys talk about like 
the stuff that I do. I feel like I, I feel largely, and this is going to sound so weird, but it's like, I feel largely unappreciated. Um, not by you. You guys are amazing. And it's just like, when I meet people, like people came over to me at PAX and they're like, Oh, you're the author of the minds behind the games. And I'm just like, I love you. <laughs> like, cause you're the reason why I do this. You know, I met yeah. a guy that was like, um, he's like, I'm not sure if you remember me. Um, but I met you at ColecoCon in 2017. I'm like, Chris, right. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, man, I remember you, you know? And, um, he was just like, you know, I, do you remember what I said to you? And I'm like, yeah, you told me if my book comes out that you would buy it. Cause my book wasn't out yet. And I was doing like panels, like to try and gauge interest because I was working on the book and I already signed the publishing deal and stuff like that. But this guy was basically young and like, well, if this book comes out, I would be interested in it. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, don't worry. It would. So now like, you know, five, six years later, he's writing for gaming websites and he's like, Oh, you know, like you're the real deal now. So like stuff like that hits me hard and I feel like mm -hmm. I've accomplished stuff, but still it's like, I feel like if I could get my stuff to like, a couple of like the right people, it would be far more appreciated than it yeah. is now. And I feel like it's easily read. It's, it's fun. And it's just, it's hard to like get to the right people, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, um, yeah. when I'm on G4 hanging out with, you know, Austin Creed and all these people and stuff like that, and like meeting them and stuff, and I'm doing macho man voices and having fun with them. That's great. But part of me would like want to grab Austin by the ear or the completionist by the ear and be like, bro, I do voice acting, but yeah, talk about. You need to book. check out these books. Yeah, yeah. But I would never do that because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be that guy either. Like, yeah. you know, oh, you're on a team that's making something great, and then you're going and plug in your shit. So yeah, it's just like I it's always you. hard to kind of. But we're getting there. Yeah, you know. I think. So I think thanks to people one, like you. Yeah, dude. I think you're literally like me and Mike talk about this all the time. We're like, Patrick is just like that one thing away mm -hmm. from you just blowing up yeah. to the point where people like like when we discovered like when we discovered the books after we had talked to you um we had a discussion i'm like how is this guy not known this mm -hmm. isn't this mm -hmm. is insanity yeah um, yeah it's wild yeah so you're just one that one thing away you know wherever it comes from um, but you know never stop what you're doing just because yeah. you don't want oh yeah no no never either. especially because never these books right now in this day and age are very important because we're in a society now where you take a game like cyberpunk that, you know, it came out and it was extremely broken and people yeah. wrote it off and they, you know, I mean, I saw it on the shelf for like five bucks and they patched it up. I went back and, and played it. It was a, it's a phenomenal game. Yeah. Um, but you it's just a it, different culture, but people, and, and yeah, no one understands it anymore. Yeah. You people know? don't appreciate the work that, goes into these games and you know sometimes there's things that happen behind the scenes that they don't know about which is why the game came out the way it did or so sure. it kind of makes you appreciate because even i didn't like i didn't think i would care about the these these behind the scene things until i read the book and i was like this is all amazing so thank you i think this this these books come at, at, at a perfect time yeah thank you man and um, it means a ton my mind's always working um you know, and it's it's not about like trying to hop on something that's 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 getting big or anything like that. It's a matter of, I guess, when you see something that's so um, phenomenal. I mean, I we could use Final Fantasy VII as an example. Um, imagine Final Fantasy VII coming out and nobody playing it, and the, that team's just sitting there like, "What in the heck?" Like we know this is the greatest. It's going to be the greatest RPG that was ever made. We know it. 
why is nobody playing this? You know, and yeah. all it takes is that one person that just spreads it like wildfire. And to me, that that's these books. And my mind's kind of always thinking is like, how can how could I let people know about this book besides our podcast or, uh, you know, on YouTube? But I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but, you know, my mind was working the other day where I'm like, you know, I always watch a lot of YouTube videos where I'm like um, history of video game type stuff. And to me, you know, there's always going to be there's always going to be your readers and your visual people. And, um, you know, and maybe it's a 50 50 split. Who knows? But have you ever thought about maybe per book um, making like take the um, the E.T., behind, you know, behind the very first uh, book in the series. And you take the E.T. Mm-hmm. story with Scott um, Howard Warshaw, right? And mm-hmm. you make this um, maybe like a YouTube video that's kind of animated, but it's telling the story that you wrote to the, to the, to the T, like your story from your book. But you also have Scott do the voice of when he is telling the story, but it's all animated. And that kind of thing, like promotes your book where people are like, you know, that's, that's an awesome story idea from the book. You know what I mean? And I want more yeah. of that, whether it's visually or reading it, you know, I don't know, just something that crossed my mind maybe to, Oh yeah. You know, no, that's a great idea because I see a lot and of like, things too, you know, 99% of like the content is like, it starts off as a zoom call or a recording. So it's just like the recording like already exists. Like I know the recording for Howard already exists. Oh, there you go. You know, yeah. so it's just like, yep, yeah. And like we always say, I would when love you, to do something. When you're trying like to that. make your name known, there's probably animators out there that are could be watching, could be listening right now that are yeah. looking for an opportunity to say, "Man, my animation's so good. I just, you know, let me give it a shot and see if I can create this little animation." And you know, I don't know, just something that crossed yeah, my mind totally... where I was like, "That'd be so so cool if there was like." I would you know. totally be down for something like that. It's like Mega Cat. Like I have conversations with the team from Mega Cat all the time, and they're always like telling me, "Listen, we need to find ways of like leveraging your knowledge base and your skill base." They're like, "Because like you know, we're working with you as a voiceover guy, but like, oh my god, like you have all this other skill set." So I was doing their, you know, this week in gaming history videos for a little while and things like that, and they were you know throwing links on YouTube on their page, and that that helped me a lot and stuff like that. But like, yeah, I would totally. I mean, I I think I mean at this point, seven books, over thirty five, you know, games in like every book. It's like you could do like an hour episode on each chapter it could be like a netflix series yeah you know yeah, like i would sure. love to do absolutely i would love to do and i just watched like that, one you know? called game over i don't know if you ever saw that i yeah it's, and it's amazing. When, when it came out i love game over and i was just like i'm kind of doing the same exact exactly. thing it's just, yeah. that's what yeah you know exactly when i see stuff like that i'm like patrick man like this yeah. would be this would be your thing if you had like a little team together that could yeah together because that series was very short but it hit yeah. hard of like you know, the arcades, I think, was the very first episode, like the arcades. And then the one was just like on Mario, which was incredible. And it's like, yeah, as soon as I'm watching these things, I'm like, you could literally do one of these for every one of your stories. They could be short and, yep. you know, but um, but you don't do all of them to make people like interested to be like, man, if these are what the chapters of the book are, you yeah. know, like this is easy. This is easy read. Like mm-hmm. I could. Yeah read a chapter a day and be good like yeah and learn a lot that's always been like my biggest goal like 
promoting reading, you know, like, yeah. um, it's cause I'm a college professor and stuff. And I'm like, I love all these other mediums and stuff like that, but it's just like, I'm a classically trained, uh, journalist, you know? And it's, it's, it was just like, for me, it was always like, write the book, you know, do it that way. But like, yeah. I totally agree that like using other forms of media to attract people to the actual written work, I think it's a great idea. It's just a matter of, yeah, getting a team together and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So, I'm, yep. I'm totally down if, if there's people listening that like want to work together on something like that. I am beyond down, you know? So That's cool. if you need so, an yeah. actor, I, I know a guy, I know, I know a guy too. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. You yeah. Know, he's I'll have to send you guy. the clip. Yeah. So I was just in, he's, uh, he's from Cleveland though. So, but yeah, I was just in a, I just went and we, me and Mike were talking last week. We actually have a uh, episode we recorded. We haven't even put out yet, but um Mm -hmm. i was telling him we were talking about i just bought a ticket to my own movie which was kind of funny um nice yeah it's weird seeing yourself on the big screen but uh (laughs) love it yeah but it's so cool man but uh yeah Mm. so the last thing we got to talk about um is this is just one of them this is just one of them i got my signed my signed copy (laughs) but this is just one uh conjury is just one of the uh comics out of yeah, I mean your company just has so many right now. I just saw the holographic one today, the very first. Yeah, the holographic. Athos. Oh my god, the yeah. Athos was so awesome yeah. looking. Um, I mean, they just look incredible. You have such a cool team. Thank you. And uh, tell us a little bit about the company. This is uh, uh, Legacy Comics. Is Legacy what, Comics? So, yeah. so what happened was um, Condry. I wrote Condry when I was eighteen, and um, right before I started college. And I was going through this big comic book kick. I always was a huge comic book reader. I'm still a huge comic book reader. And um, it was just kind of like a spinoff of like um, Brian Michael Bendis, Daredevil, and like Frank Miller, you know, um, Batman and some Garth Ennis, Punisher, and just like very noir, very Brooklyn, very vigilante, you know, and I put, and I put it together and... Uh, I ended up showing it to my college journalism professor and uh, he was like my hero. Um, amazing man, written some great fiction, nonfiction. And uh, he was basically like, you're so good at journalism. You should just focus on journalism. Like it's so hard to like, you know, do something in fiction and you should just focus on journalism. You're great at it. You know, you're a great interviewer, blah, blah, blah. blah. And um, I didn't listen and I tried to find an artist and it, it took me, it took me like a good 18 years to find the right, artist for the series and the thing was i would try and find find an artist for like a month and then i was working at school or you know i was had a girlfriend or was in a band or did this and did that and it was like every like couple years it would be like i need to try and find an artist again and then um i remember like i would say like right after the third book came out the minds behind the sports games i'm like all right so now i got three books out i can do this non-fiction stuff I'm, I've proven I've got books now in Harvard, Yale, Stanford, you know, UC Berkeley, the whole, I'm like, it's time to do something with this comic. So it's so funny, but I mentioned it before, Tommy, the Greek, Tommy eyebrows. <laughs> um, I'm talking to him and this guy, he's a great guy, you know? And I'm just like, man, I need an artist for this comic. And he's like, Oh, I know somebody. And he introduces me to Kieran Quinn and uh, we start talking and I send him some, uh, some character models and he starts to mock them up. And I'm just like, yeah, this is my guy. Um, and we put something together. We do a six page ash can, which is basically what you're holding in yep. your hands with Conjury zero. And, um, we send it to dark horse and image and then like the pandemic hits huh. and it's basically like, we're not 
they're not accepting anything new right now. Then what happens is I do an interview. Uh, I interview Mark Burnell, who's the owner of Lesser Known Comics. And it gets really good traffic. And after the interview is over, he's like, oh, if there's ever anything that I can do for you, let me know. So we get off the call or whatever. And then I'm just like, I'm going to show him this script. So I send him the script. And within like 20 minutes, he's like, yeah, we need to sign you guys like right now. So um, I got hired at Lesser Known to do Condry and to do PR for them because I'm, I'm good at PR. I'm good at selling people stuff and I'm good at like, you know, brand management and things like that. And, um, my wife tells me all the time, my wife is like, you need to work with people that like you feel, um, you have to fight to keep up with mm -hmm. or else you're going to get like really grumpy and pissed off. Like if you look at your boss and you're kind of like, I would do it differently that she's like, you're not going to work there for a very long time. Yeah. And, um, or you need a job, like perfect example, like a college professor where I'm in control of like what I do. And I only have to answer to like people about standards and practices. And I had to make sure that like, you know, I hit certain, you know, th those are like the jobs that I do the best at. So it's like, after we did Conjury zero, one, two, one and two, I'm kind of like, I would do this so differently. Yeah. Like we were, we were giving away all of our comics for free. Um, and we were getting a salary and, um, it was great. I was making good money. Um, Mark was a sweetheart, but I was just like, I would do this differently. And I had to make a really bold choice and I had to walk away from a job that was paying well to say, you know what, I'm going to do this differently. And I'm going to do this my way. And I remember having a conversation with, uh, John Svedesi, who's the co-founder of legacy comics with me. And uh, I had gotten him some variant cover work and he's, he's a super solid artist, but he's great at doing videos and lettering and all these things. He's a good, like behind the scenes guy. And, um, we drafted together a business plan and then we got, we made sure that like we could, we could keep the Condry team intact. Mm -hmm. And, um, we, we got a couple of other people to do like two other books and we're like, you know, what? we're going to launch a Kickstarter. So we, I gave my notice at lesser known, um, and like three days later, we did a Facebook live and we launched legacy. And then like the next day we launched the Kickstarter and it got funded in like three hours. And a lot of people, um, were like, how did you do that? Like, it was magic. They're like, you have no followers on Instagram. You have no like followers on your Facebook page, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, you don't get it. I was like, I've been writing for 18 years. I'm like, I have a nonfiction book series that, you know, has done well. And I have people that believe in me and that's what happened. You know, like those people saw me go to another platform and they, and like the people that have paved the way for the minds behind the games to be a success, they contributed to legacy comics Kickstarter in droves. So it was just like, these are people that like totally believe in me and they helped like another dream come true. Um, so we got funded, like I said, in like less than, less than four hours. It was like three and a half hours. Um, we released our Kickstarter books probably like a month and a half ago. Those Kickstarter books are going out like this week, finally, because oh, we had cool. to wait on the t-shirts and it was a whole yeah. pain in the, pain I ordered in the ass, mine, but like man. that, all that, oh uh, yes, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. you're going to have it very soon. I, I apologize. Awesome. Hey, take um, your time, man. It's all good. But we're, um, we have our next, uh, batch of books already done, getting ready to go out to print. We, we've got pre-orders for, um, two books currently. Um, it's been so much fun to be editor in chief and work with like so many like hungry, 
people. And like, that's the thing. It's like, I love comic books. I love telling stories. I really believe in the Condry story. I love the character, but like we have, um, we have another book that I, I write three out of our like seven books. So, um, one of them is called the job and it's about a professional wrestler who's a jobber who loses all of his matches, (laughs) but he's got a hot valet. That's his wife. And he's got a great car and everyone's like, how is this possible? Like you, you get paid like $50 a match. Like you get your ass kicked every time you go in there. Like your matches don't last a minute. Like (laughs) how do you have the girl? How do you have the car? And like, you're, you, you look good. You work out a lot. Like what is going on? And he's just like, I rob banks. (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, what, really? And he's like, no, no, no. But he does. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, his wife is his getaway driver. And she's basically like um, Kat Dennings meets like Marissa Tomei from My Cousin Vinny. She's just like this balls to the wall, tough chick that um, she's the brains, you know, and that they have fights all the time. Like she'll go into a bank and she'll scope out the bank and she'll tell him this is what you need to do to get out of there as fast as possible. And I'll be waiting to drive you out, blah, 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 blah. And he never listens, so they get into some interesting situations. And then um, she has her own ideas about, like, how he should perform in the ring. She's like, you're smaller. He's like 5'10", like 215 pounds. She's like, you should be a ground-and-pound guy. You should use the dragon sleeper. That's what you should do. And he's like, baby, it's like, it's, it's like I got to use the super kick. And she's like, but you're tiny. You have small legs. Like, it's not believable. You can't use And he's like, it's got to be the super kick. I, I've got to, when I win a match, I've got to win a match with the super kick. And so it's like, they're, they're having, they, they want to have the American dream. And the, the way that they're forced to like get their American dream is by, you know, he's a super of a building by day, a bank robber and a professional wrestling by night, uh, wrestler yeah. by night. It's just a really fun story. Um, Kroom, right? Athos, Kroom? you mentioned before. Yeah. Athos is a, is a superhero tale. Yeah. It's basically like, imagine if <laughs> Superman, went batshit crazy yep. and didn't know the difference between good and evil. Uh, Kroom, we've spoken, I'm pretty sure we've spoken yeah. about before. Um, you have like a I wrote video the story game for Kroom, it, right? Yeah. 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 And then the thing is like uh, COVID totally like killed the yeah. development of that game. Oh. And I was just such a fan of like, of the story that I wrote. Like, it's just like, it's like Mega Man meets like Celeste. Yeah. You know, mm. um, this really heartwarming, story about like a planet like on the brink of destruction and like you know like what what this the civilization has to do in order to like save itself and um it's supposed to be Kroom is supposed to be a six issue miniseries and each issue is supposed to represent a level in the game so every level every issue of the game represents one level in the game so every issue will end in a boss fight yeah, um, that's cool. So zero is like the tease into like zero is like the cutscene leading into the first level. You know, um, yeah. then we've got um, Legend of the Night Owl, which is basically like the movie The Warriors meets like Streets of Rage. It's yeah. just like this ass kicking, you know. Um, Great. So we've like, got that. Art um, and all these things are, if I must say, is like really, really yeah, good. And thank you. The, I just saw the I don't know if it's a cover of the latest. Is it Renfield? Um, yeah. Yeah, where he's like eating the guy's head. <laughs> yeah, it just looks. So That's Steve awesome. Conjay. Yeah. Steve, and the thing is, I'll give you guys some more exclusive too that like um, not a lot of people know. So like Kieran Quinn did the art on Condry, Legend of the Night Owl, and the Job, and Kieran is like he's my guy. I love Kieran's art. I think he's amazing. It's hard for for me to write three books is hard for an artist to to draw three books is even harder. So like we made uh, basically like an executive decision where we were going to put 
the Renfield artist, uh, Steve Conjay, on the job. So he's the new artist on on the job. Very cool. Just because he's so Steve is amazing at anatomy, and like wrestling is all anatomy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yep. So, I I'll show you guys uh, after the show some of the the new uh, panels like in in you know construction from Steve, and it's just like it's so like the job. It's going to look a little bit different, but the story is going to be the same. It's going to be so cool. And the thing about Renfield was um, that is the only. Um, prequel to Dracula to exist in comic book form. And the thing is, um, we it is actually based off of the notes of Bram Stoker that were given to our writer from the family of Bram Stoker. So wow. it's a Bram Stoker family-approved prequel to Holy Dracula. Wow. That, yeah. that right so there like, is amazing. Yeah. yeah, they approached us, wow. and they're like, oh, listen, we would love to do a comic with you, blah, blah, blah. And um, I might get in a little trouble saying this but i'm going to say it because it's the truth um the script they gave us was a six page ash can and um it was solid but it was very european mm-hmm. and um meaning like if you've ever read like the watchman it's very panel heavy it's like six panels every page and my whole thing is like dracula and like the thought of vampirism is like extremely kinetic vampires move incredibly fast blood flies quickly so it's just like in order for this script to like really sing we had to we had to make it an eight page script and um we had to break out all of the panels we had to open it up big time so it's like it's nothing against chris mccauley's original script he's the writer on it he did a great job but like um we added two extra pages that weren't there um we opened up the panels i'm super proud of like the editing job that i did on it i'm super proud of like the art from Steve Conjay. Steve Conjay was like, listen, this is supposed to be in the panel, but what if we like open this up? And I'm like, do it, just do it. And um, that's one of our strongest, I think that's one of our strongest books. Um, It's a one shot. So there won't be like another Dracula book from us. Mm -hmm. So we're super proud of that one. Um, And that that's our latest. uh, That's like, that's the last book that we did um, that came out. And we have three more books that are coming uh, at the end of July. We have Godfoe. Um, which is basically like an American manga. It's really freaking cool. It's really badass. The team is from North Carolina. Um, they actually heard me on a podcast and got like totally hyped and contacted me. And nice. I <laughs> saw some of their stuff and I was like, yeah, let's do something. Um, and then uh, Legend of the Night Owl 1 is going to be one of the next books. And then uh, if, you, if you've if you read Condry before, you know Sarita is basically like Condry's sidekick. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next book is a one shot. It's just called Sarita. And it's Sarita's entire backstory up until when she meets Condry. So oh, it's just like, oh, it's awesome. It's a Quentin Tarantino-esque like side quest in the Condry universe that like <laughs> makes us like understand why she's such an important character in Condry. So like I'm the, super um, excited for that. The Deadpool, uh, the lady he lives with. <laughs> like- yeah. And the funny part is because people say that to me all the time and I'm just like, um, yes, but I mean, I wrote. I created Sarita when you 18, were 18 19 years ago. Yeah. You know, you 18 years. Old. I was going to so say it's, just it's like, just, it, it's still rel- Everything's still relevant today. Yeah. Even though it was 18 so, years ago, which is incredible, man. Yeah. Uh, dude, so I'm super proud of like all of the stuff that we're, that we're doing right now. We just had a signing today. Um, and we had so many people coming out. Like it was, it was great. I'm super excited for the future of legacy. We've got a lot of stuff that I can't talk about going on right now that are yeah. great. Um, but I'm really excited. It's super hard to like kind of break through with original content. Like everyone has their own version of Conjury out there. There's going to always be like another superhero tale and this and that. But I really think between the art 
the narrative, the editing, um, the energy of the people, then like the pedigree that I bring with my background in education and the, you know, the, the books that I have like as, as like a standard bearer, I really f- feel like we're in a good place to, to stick around for a long time. So yeah, that's cool. If, um, yeah, if you ever make a, uh, movie based on the job, I also know a guy that would fit it per a very tiny guy, about five, seven hundred eighty five pounds. He's, nice. He's kind of good looking. I think. Maybe. Nice. Can, can, he, can, super he, kick? can he do a super kick? He can <laughs> yeah. super kick. He may pull something after the kick and yeah. get some lidocaine patches or something. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, actually. He's got to be comfortable doing, like, a nude scene with Kat Dennings, though. That's, oh, like, that's hard. You would not you know, have for... a problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I, um, yeah, it's funny because I just, uh, the movie I went and saw, I was the villain in it. So um, mm-hmm. I saw myself as a, a villain, a guy named Alexi Baranoff. And, uh, you know, I have a whole crew of people that do these jobs for me. And uh, it kind of sounds like that. That's where I was like, hey, there we go. I'm nice. already there. Love it. Yeah. I love it. So I did have, um, before we wrap up, I had some uh, quick one-off questions that'll be kind of fun. Yeah. And yeah. um, you're a Duncan fan. What's your What's your preferred drink? It's a large iced coffee black with three pumps of caramel and three pumps of mocha. Oh, easy. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I love the, um, just getting the, just, if you go up and just say, I just want, you know, a large iced coffee, uh, cream and sugar. I love it. It's, yeah. but I realize what it's probably doing to my midsection. So <laughs> like mm-hmm. part of me is like, ah, I do just want to do like maybe pump of almond milk and then a Splenda, but yeah, yeah, it's no fun that way. What I, what I like to do too is, uh, I'll just, I'll fill up my, my container of protein with like half of, of black mm-hmm. Dunkin' iced coffee and then just pour the protein in, shake it up a little bit and then drink that on my, my five mile walk to work every morning. Damn. So I did so, yeah. try the Dunkin' protein because he, uh, you and your wife it's good. were showing that on Instagram and I'm like, yeah. Ah, so we we tried the mocha, we tried the cappuccino, and I like them both. I do like the mocha a little bit more. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. they both. Yeah, I good. prefer the mocha too over the cappuccino. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the last game you got from Brooklyn Video Games? Ooh, um, wow! I haven't been to Brooklyn Video Games in probably like three weeks. I want to say probably um, it's like I think it's MLBPA baseball on Game Gear. <sighs> Nice. Pretty sure that's the last one. Nice. Yeah. So it was like five bucks, and I was just like, any. I haven't played my Game Gear in probably like a year, and I was just like, I want to just lay on the floor with my Game Gear and yeah. play something. So it was either I was either going to get like a Joe Montana football game for like three bucks or a baseball game, and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to get a baseball game. So yeah. like playing with like the '92 Mets and stuff like that. Oh my god, so yeah. bad but so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I played a ton of MLBPA on Super <laughs> Nintendo. Quick yes. story. I had a I, I was playing uh, a game MLBPA, and mm-hmm. it was tied. And I just kept the game just kept going. I don't know if it was like nineteen innings or twenty innings. And I I pinch hit with Charlie Nagy, and he hit a walk off home run. <laughs> Finally what? end the game. Nice. Wow. One of, my, one, of, one of my favorite video game sports moments ever. That's awesome. I love it, man. And you guys are from Cleveland too. I'm. I just want to tell you, I have so much love 
for like the 89, 90, 91 Indians because I used to play with them in RBI baseball all the time <laughs> yeah. because like my my friends would all be like, oh, the Indians suck. And I would just steal bases religiously with like Alex Cole. Oh, and yeah. like, oh, my God. You know, like I had so much fun with that team. And I was a big Topps baseball card guy and like, um, you know, Corey Snyder and like, oh, my God, you guys. Uh, Jacoby. Some f- Brooke Jacoby, 32 home runs, 60, only 69 <laughs> RBIs because no one was ever on goddamn base yeah, for the yeah, guy. Exactly, yeah. You know, and but like you guys had a pitching staff too, man. Like, you, you know, you had Doug Jones, you had Swindell, Nagy, mm-hmm. like, oh my God. Yeah. Candiotti. Well, I was oh, a yeah. huge Candiotti guy because yeah. of the knuckleball. I threw a knuckleball when I was in high school and stuff <laughs> like that. So it was just like, man. So yeah, playing those games, I used to love to just pick a team and like fall in love with the team from top to bottom and then do that for like a week and then go on and play with another team and stuff. I used to do that in NHL all the time and stuff. So whenever I would go in a tournament with somebody, I would tell them sometimes pick the team and they would go, what? I'm like, just pick the team. And I I knew who was good and who wasn't and stuff like (laughs) that. But like, yeah, playing those baseball games back in the day, man. Oh yeah. It's not the same anymore. Nope. As much as I love the show, it's not the same. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, uh, I I started. I told Mike I, I was trying to come up with this new thing for this year, which so far has worked out pretty well. Um, once a month, I'm just trying to buy one collector piece. That's it. It doesn't have to be expensive. It just uh, just yeah. a piece, you know. Just uh, in my last one, I sent you a photo of it. it was uh, Sim City. I found a mint condition Sim City for Super Nintendo. So good. So I was yeah. like so stoked about it. And um, yeah, man. Some of these things you can get. I mean, you know, I think I think it was like fifty bucks or something. I'm like that is a steal for like a mint condition box and i'm like oh but we have a new place um i got a visit around here um in a little city uh by us called madison uh video game nirvana and it's all retro Mm -hmm. you pull them up online actually um and uh they're just we haven't had a retro store around here in a while and it's really nice to have something they just gave away a ps5 on the news live last week i I bought like three tickets for it hoping to get one but still haven't got Mm -hmm. my ps5 um, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, Mike got one, but uh, he was one of the lucky ones in the yeah. beginning. Uh, Don't want to brag. Nice. <laughs> it took him an arm nice. and a leg to get one, but you know, because I, I stayed keep... up. I stayed up uh, the night they dropped. I was going between Target and the Sony website, and I just kept refreshing. It was like two in the morning, and I refreshed, and then Sony put me right in a queue, and I was like, "No shit!" <laughs> Ended up grabbing one of them and. Got lucky. Yeah. Here I am That's over awesome. a year later still waiting. And <laughs> it's all good, though. I'll eventually get one, and maybe I'll hit a price drop or something, which would be cool. But, <laughs> nice. And a slimmer system. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yours is, yeah. This might gonna, be the slim version. This is going to look like an air purifier like mine does. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Great. So the last thing, uh, what's what's next for Patrick Hickey Jr.? The summer is going to be incredibly important because uh, – I think we're going to see kind of like the barometer on uh, these three games. I think we're going to see like what the uh, impact of these three games could be, um, which is I'm I, I I almost said it. I almost said the H word. I almost said hope. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 waiting to see like how people react to these to these three games. Um I've also got a couple of other games I'm doing VO on that I have NDAs on that I can't discuss, so I'm excited about those. Awesome. Um, so that's the future. I'm definitely not going to stop voice acting. And then, um, like I said, we've got 
three more books coming from uh, Legacy Comics this summer. I'm speaking, uh, not speaking. I don't even want. I don't even know what I could call it at uh, ZoloCon in Pennsylvania, July 23rd and 24th. It's based, they're having like this whole big retro thing, and they want me there to like kind of like officiate their Miss Pac-Man tournament. Um, <laughs> and we're going to be selling legacy books there, so that's going to be a lot of fun. That's and pretty then, close uh, to us. I'm actually <clears throat> Pennsylvania. I would love to meet you yeah. guys. Yeah, man, yeah, come on down. Out for that. Um, hell yeah. Um, it's supposed to be really big. Every person that I've spoken to there, like all the vendors that I've spoken to, they've all been like, it's got an artist alley. It's got a ton of video game stuff, a ton of comic book stuff. So wow. Legacy will be there with the table. So I'm super psyched about that. Um, but I'm also um, talking to a couple of GameCon, game, big gaming convention people that want to have me out as a speaker, like over in the fall. So um, before the before PAX East, I hadn't done anything like out of state overnight because my kids were really young. <laughs> And um, I just wanted to be there like every second of every day. And um, I feel like my daughter's five now, my son's two, and stuff is starting to like hit a little bit. I got to like move and groove. You know, I got to start moving around and start doing some things. So um, I'm super excited for those opportunities that are coming. Um, And then the thing is, one of the biggest things is like, I got three books that I'm super proud of that are finished. That I'm just waiting to come, that are, I'm waiting for them to come out. So it's just like I'm in very much like I'm busting my ass behind the scenes. A lot of people can't see the things that I'm doing, but I'm I'm waiting on like the work that I did last year and the year before that to really like start to come to fruition. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like the future, you yeah. know. Um, exploring as many opportunities as possible, um, and then seeing how the other stuff hits, so I can kind of assess and then move on to the next thing. So, but right now, I'm having a ton of fun. Uh, being a editor in chief of a comic book company, I'm having so much fun doing all this voice acting for an amazing company and getting, I mean, I get asked to do stuff pretty much like every other day from other companies. So like right now is really good. Um, and I just want to make the most of that. So that's kind of like where we're at yeah. right now. Yeah. That's so cool, man. Awesome. They, uh... Oh, now, oh, now, now we got it. Yeah. Now we got it. Yeah, that's, that's weird. But, uh, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, um it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. We love, we having, you love having you on. Definitely. Definitely. And we'll have to have we'll you on have again have. once. Can you do me one favor, though, before we wrap it's up? the same thing yeah. I was going to ask, I bet. I got to hear a macho. What's up? Hell yeah. Got to hear, hear a macho. man? Yeah. Okay. I got to I gotta do it, like, relatively oh, low because oh, the wife's yeah. sleeping in the living room and the kids are asleep. But um, <clears throat> let me tell you something, Mike. I'm staring at the candle. It's summer slam, and I'm just, you know... Just getting ready here to, to give Hulk Hogan the big elbow. Oh, yeah. Can you dig it? So, <laughs> so yeah. It. Awesome. Um, I'll tell you a quick story that you're going to, you guys are going to laugh your ass off. So, like, Jeff Jarrett is the most charming, delightful liar you will ever meet in your entire life. Um, <laughs> he could sell a lady in a white dress a ketchup popsicle. Um, <laughs> And he was ribbing me the entire PAX East, like ribbing me and like um, putting me over at the same time, like just busting my chops um, in the best way possible. He's like, oh, do me like, you know, do my voice like in front of me. And I'm like, I can't. I'm like, I can't do it like right in front of you like that. Like I I was scared I was going to get the stroke, you know, Um, even though though, like I'm six, four, I'm a big guy. But I'm just like, yeah, no, he's still built like an animal. But anyway, um, (laughs) 
every time someone would come over to Jeff Jarrett, he would be like, yeah, yeah, I'm Double J. And he's showing them the WWE ring and stuff. And he's like, but this is Pat. Like, this is the voice actor of the game. Like, I was so honored that he was so nice and, like, putting me over and, you know, helping me, like, you know, kind of come out of my shell a little bit. But, like, um, he looks this guy dead in the face and goes, yeah, this is the voice actor of the game. And um, he's also Macho Man Randy Savage's son. <laughs> oh my god. And gosh. I was just like didn't say anything. So then the next day, Jeff leaves um to go on his next event and stuff like that. And he hung out with us for like three and a half days. Like getting to spend three and a half days with him was amazing. Oh, amazing, amazing man. Um and this guy walks over to me and he asks for a picture with me. And it happened a couple of times because like people know me from the minds behind the games, and then I was doing voices and like the people from Mega Cat they in the booth they were like listen we want you to have fun with people so like when people are playing the games we want you to come behind them and start doing macho man and like gerard from g4 the completionist every time he would talk during the interview i would interrupt him as macho man like, <laughs> let me tell you something like i was breaking his balls like they edit they had to edit it big time yeah. to like but like he, he gerard was having fun with me too and like it was great um but this guy's like can i take a picture with you and i'm just it didn't it didn't feel right you know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. So we take the picture and I'm like, can I ask you why you want to take a picture? And he's like, because you're Macho Man's son. <laughs> <laughs> so then I go right to my phone and I, I punch in Jeff's, you know, number and I'm like, you son of a gun. <laughs> this guy, this guy just walked over to me and thought I was Macho Man's son. And then Jeff Jarrett like is like, "Oh, well, then we're gonna have to talk to Lanny and let him know that he has." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't, I no. can't." But it was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. So it's just like um, stuff like that. Like that to me is something that maybe two or three years ago wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And now, like, I've gotten this amazing opportunity, and I am totally invested, one hundred percent, in making it like making it happen, you know, and, um, I, I don't work on projects that I don't have faith in. Um, I don't work with people that I don't feel are as invested as I am, or if I do, it doesn't last for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, and like my first in-person interaction with the mega cat team, I was like, this is a bunch of like, like Mike, you're wearing the four horsemen shirt. And it's like, when you think of like the best four horsemen group, you think of like Tully, you know, mm. Arn, I think at least, of course, Rick, but I also think of Barry. Yeah. You know, those yeah. are like, those are my four because there's mm -hmm. like no weak link, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just like the Mega Cat team, like the team that's there is so strong and they all work off each other's strengths. And they're, these are people that love video games, love wrestling, love RPGs love to interact with people, love to have a good time. Like every night that like I was there with them, we stayed up until two or three o'clock in the morning talking shop. And then like, I get up at four 30 every morning to go for my walk. And I didn't stop when I was at PAX and they, they were up like right after me. So I'm just like to be around people that work as hard as I do. Yeah, it was so refreshing. So it's just like, I don't want to lose that, you know? So it's just like anything that I have to do to like, stay a part of like that team with those people and work with them for as long as possible. I'm not gonna like, I'm not going to stop like trying to help them and be a part of that team. So that's kind of like where the future is. Like the longer that I could work with those guys on what they're working on, the happier I think I'll be for the time being. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was kind of right, right before we started, I was telling Mike, I was like, crap, 
because I, I noticed his shirt. I'm like, the four horsemen. I'm like, oh, I should have wore my a wrestling shirt. I'm like, man, do I have a wrestling shirt? And then it dawned on me. I'm like, I do an NWO <laughs> New World Order shirt with the sleeves cut off. And I'm like, damn, I should have wore that. But oh well, regrets, I guess. Show but, off the python. So, yeah, show so off the guns. But um, <laughs> yeah, so people can get a uh, follow you on Instagram, Patrick Hickey Jr. Um, yes, Legacy Comics is another Instagram page you have. Um, mm-hmm. Where else can we find everything that is? Uh, Pat, PatrickHickeyJr.com. You can buy the books there. Um, if you just Google me, I'm Google verified. So it's basically like my little snapshot comes up as like author and then like all of my books come up and stuff like that. But I will say um, if you want to buy comics, Legacy Comics, C-O-M-I-X, um, you can buy everything there. Um and you know, I'm I help sh- I help ship everything. Like we're totally like a punk band, so basically. Cool. Like we're yeah, you know, we're doing everything out of like my co-owner John Svedesi's basement. Like we get orders in, and like we fill the orders like two or three times a week. Like I'm pa- I'm packing things like right over there. You know, like right in my kitchen. You know, printing out printing labels and stuff like that. Um, if you want a book, PatrickKickyJr.com. Um, I still have stock in my in my house some, but like usually what I do is like uh, if someone orders the book through my site, I order it from my publisher, and then they send it to me. I sign it, write something nice on it, then send it out to the person. So I really I really prefer like that personal touch because yeah. it's like so you can buy somebody else's book on Amazon, but you could buy my book from me and have me put something in it like a Walter Day trading card or like I I, I was on a podcast like two years ago and the guy. <laughs> admitted to me that he never played Madden. So I ended up going to Brooklyn video games and buying a copy of like the original Madden, like loose for like four bucks. And I put it in like with his book because it's just like, I want to have that type of connection yeah. with people. And so I was just going to say, junior.com and you know, <laughs> I was just going to say if, if anybody buys the book, do buy it from your website because yes. of the little things you do, like obviously you sign it, but here I have my book here. And if you just scroll all of a sudden it'll stop. And oh, yeah, and then, you know, you got like uh, baseball cards or, you yeah. know, just sometimes there's bookmarks in there. You know, here's another card. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're just uh, the little hidden things are very personal. And, um, sure. you know, I know sometimes you, you put them in there based on where the person's from and, you know, try to. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. My last like the very first book I bought had a lot of Cleveland Indians cards on it. I, I just thought that was so cool, man. Yeah. And it's definitely a, a personal experience and worth just going to um you know your website to buy the book um plus the autograph i mean someday obviously you know you go on ebay these books will be worth thousands of dollars after <laughs> i would say they'd be that water be rated nice. but that doesn't sound like that's going to go over too well anymore <laughs> i don't know if you saw that yeah. news about uh-huh. water being sued yeah but... oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> I'm glad i didn't get oh, my man. stuff water rated. The goal, there you go yeah yeah man that's the goal. I mean, one day I'm hoping, uh, Oh, I said it. I said the H word. Let's edit that out. Um, <laughs> my, my, my goal. I mean, I live in New York. Everything's super expensive. You know, I'm a full-time college professor and I, I still like, I don't own a home. So my goal, like one day is to own a home to, you know, to have like a nice house and to have maybe have two cars instead of one car and maybe not have to worry about like getting my daughter something nice the day before payday, you know? Yeah. So just like, that's where my hustle comes from, yep. you know? And I just feel like, I feel like I'm putting in the time and the energy and like you said, you said it. And I, I, I do feel that way sometimes where it's just like, man, something's going to hit, something's going to hit mm-hmm. hard because it's just like everything that I'm doing. I'm not, 
I'm not half-assing anything, you know? And it's like, I try and explain that to people. It's just like, I, I do the comic book stuff to 100 and, you know, 50%. These books, the Minds Behind the Games books, they're like, they're a huge piece of like my heart, you know? And then like the voice acting stuff, I will lock myself in a room and I will make sure that by like hook or crook, I get myself done on time. It's polished, it's smooth, it's edited, you know? So it's just like, I care so much about like the quality of the stuff that I put out, yeah. you know? So it's just like, it's... You're, you're it's, all, it's a matter of time for sure, yeah. man. It, oh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's so close. I, I think we can almost taste it, you know? Um, it, mm-hmm. Thank yeah, you. it's just, it, it's that one, one thing away. Um, yep. Do we appreciate you coming on? Um, yeah, man. It, it, you're always amazing to have the stories we share. Thank um, you. Following you online is amazing just because every day is something new, whether you're posting a retro game, which I love. Yeah, me too. Um, a story, um, of your signings or where you're at the, the video clips from the, the expos. Um, you know, it's, I recommend everybody follow you just even if they like retro games, you put one up a day, you know, each day that it's like, damn, I've completely forgot about nightmare creatures or, you know, just some random yeah. game. It's like, wow, I completely forgot yeah. about that. So, um, dude, everything you do is amazing and we appreciate Thank having you having on, man. Definitely. Yeah, man. I love, I love you guys. You guys are great. And, uh, I wish nothing but like happiness and health for the both of you guys. You guys both deserve it. And hey, same to you. Times man. are tough now. You know, everyone's yep. going through stuff, and like, you if anyone deserves to be happy, it's both of you guys. You guys put the time in. You're great people. So appreciate it. Thank you. Now. Thank you. Same to you. So. Yeah. We'll, yeah. No problem. We'll catch up with you soon, man, for sure. So thanks yeah, man, again. absolutely. Yeah, thank you. No problem. All right. Talk to you later, man. Yeah, man. Have a good one. You Take too. care. Take it easy.